everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. You hear about Pluto? That's messed up. Right? <laughs> and we are joined by returning special guest, Arthi D. What's up, Arthi? I've heard it both ways. <laughs> nice, guys. You can't tell by those amazing uh, quotes. We watched Psych this week. Two episodes, technically, although we're really going to focus on the one, because it's the really bad one. Um, see, well... <laughs> uh, agree to disagree, actually. Really? Okay, well, this will be heated. They both have their weaknesses. <laughs> not, not unfair, but I, I think compared to the other one, the one looks like golden. But, um, so we're going to do... It, it's technically Season 8, Episode 3, Remake, a.k.a. Cloudy with a Chance of Improvement, which is a literal shot-for-shot... Shot, well, not shot-for-shot, shot, but, like... It's not a shot-for-shot shot supposed remake, to be a sure. remake of... It the, starts as a... St- it starts shot-for-shot, shot and then, and then quickly doesn't do that. Of Season 1, Episode 12, it Cloudy with a Chance of Improvement. It doesn't start shot-for-shot shot either! It doesn't! Guys. I mean, it's... Just stop. I watch these episodes back to back. Yeah. Stop lying to the audience. It's, okay, so if you've never seen this show, it's a, obviously it's the same premise as The Mentalist. <laughs> it's a. Uh, fake <laughs> I've watched too much of The Mentalist. <laughs> I'm sorry. To allow that. Because that's sentence. what our audience is more familiar with. Between Psych and The Mentalist, they're much more likely to have watched The Mentalist. Of course they are. With a little bit of iZombie. Um, so it's basically a fake psychic what? solve crimes. Well, she's a fake psychic. Are you on drugs today? No, she's a fake psychic on that show. How dare you? I'm not dumb. But you're adding the mentalist as well. well Why don't you just throw in medium and fucking true calling while you're at it? Yeah, that's a psych joke. Because psych constantly makes it, like, you know, pointed references to how ridiculously close it is just to mentalist, which is basically the same. Although it's not even ridiculous at all, because... (laughs) The character was only a fake psychic, like before the show even started. Oh, like he—he was—he was like honestly like a legitimate con artist. <laughs> so why don't and... I, I never watched the show? So I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's not devolve into a mentalist episode. We'll save that for our. Episode. Uh, why not? <laughs> we'll save that for our episode of the mentalist we do eventually. But for my birthday, I chose this episode of Psych because I feel like this is honestly part of why this podcast exists for me because I remember watching this and being so livid over the fact that it was remade this way. I mean, I'm not saying the original's perfect or anything, but, like... I think the original's actually a worse episode. And I understand why they wanted to remake it. LaToya, them's fighting words. Wow. Yeah, because I I know what the... I, I have my problems with the remake, and I know exactly what those problems are, but yeah, the first one's a boring one. It's an episode I honestly always forget exists. See, I don't love it. I don't, I don't by any stretch of the imagination find it to be a perfect episode, but I feel like it's at least more in tone with the way the show was. The, the, the it, remake is like a whole other crazy animal that is just 90% navel-gazing and completely irrelevant like they don't need to make that episode they already made the episode and they only made it even worse in my opinion like it for the flaws were all just like I, see i think honestly the, the remake the remake is exactly what the show is at that point though the first episode is very much of season one which was pretty hit or miss with the humor like when i start a rewatch of psych i always start with season two because season one is too procedurally kind of just there for it's me. Very and very boilerplate. I agree. Yes. And, like, part of season two, uh, I mean, not season two, uh, this, the remake one is that at least that also has the just the fun of uh, returning actors playing the various characters. I, hate, I, I hated how they recast people. I thought it was so... Uh, oh. 
I'm sorry, I cannot hate an episode of television that has Janet Varney, Lindsay Sloan, and Catherine Isabel. I, all, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, like, I'm like, I love all these people, and I love Alan Ruck, and I love Ray Wise, but it was just, it was too much. It was just too much. Like, I felt like it was, it was overwhelmingly, it was just so, they were trying to be so hilarious, and it just felt so, it's like almost like dad joke. <laughs> okay, so well, I, I agree, but well, I feel like we should give listeners a little more context about, like, what happens, so that they understand oh, yeah. why we hate this. We will. <laughs> so, <laughs> why, why you hate this, why but I'm just saying that... Compare if you're going to compare the two for like which one's most representative of the show. Honestly, the remake is more representative. Of the she's show right. Yeah, I hate right. that, but she's right. You're absolutely right. I don't hate that you're right, Latoya. I hate that what you say is true. Yes. And honestly, like the cast and crew hate the first one. Do they really? Yeah, James Renee said they wanted to do a remake of it because what? they honestly think it's the weakest episode of the series. The, fir- Whoa, the first one. I would really. Whoa. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a worse episode. I, I mean, they think it. They think it was too procedurally, and they think that it was not indicative of what the show was. And I think maybe if they had remade it earlier in the series, like around season two or season three, it could have oh, been yeah. slightly more grounded. Yeah. Obviously, this was the last season, but yeah, this is still more of the show than the original one is. At, and I like by a landslide. I will admit that that it definitely colors my enjoyment of it because of how poor the show became in quality. In my yeah. opinion, by that point, so I feel like it just felt. It felt like a, a load of another heap of dreck to the pile, basically, because it was already really bad. There are certain episodes I can really stand in later seasons, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoy Here's Lassie. I enjoy, um, I think there's even one with the, I can't think of the name of it, but there's one with, with Lassie and O'Hara where it was like, they become buddy cops. It's like, oh, they're already buddy cops, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, the musical is, like, reaching, but Jamaican and Spectre Man is fucking amazing, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely, and then there's, obviously, season seven has some quality... Like, I enjoy the hell out of um, Lassie Jerky and, like, certain elements of Office Space. Hey, Maura, do you like Lassiter? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, like, into him. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, we, we I'm, bonded. I'm struggling. We should, I'm struggling. Oh, yeah, we, also, should, we should talk about how, Maura, like, our friendship, when we became friends so many years ago, like, we met through a different show, but I feel like our friendship was cemented by both of us realizing that we were way more into the Lassiter O'Hara partnership than Sean anything. And it's not that I didn't like Sean and, Sean and Juliet on the show, because I think that this actually... What, what's the struggle as, as well for this, these two episodes, which we'll get into, um, is that it really goes into how, to me, how, the, how poorly the Sean and Juliet relationship was handled, because it's, like, all the ridiculous, like, references to it. Like, in the first episode, for all of its weaknesses, the Sean and Juliet stuff is great. I think it's fine. Well, actually... The first episode, I was going to say, I, another reason I prefer the second one is because there was... N- Juliet and uh, Laster had nothing, nothing to, do. to do in that episode. They had nothing but to do. They were barely. They barely had I a will subplot. I say that Lassiter has a great subplot. Like it's almost that's almost if they're going to do a subplot without Lassiter there, at least it's a really good one because he's supposed to be not there. He's supposed to be absently. The problem. I I see what Latoya is saying though because like in the first in the in the earlier in, in <laughs> I keep calling it cloudy with a chance of meatballs and that's not what it is, <laughs> um, but in in. Cloudy with a chance of murder. The um, the 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 Lassiter and O'Hara subplot is just a subtle plot. You know, it's not right. even like mm-hmm. a subplot. It's, it's it's not like a B or C plot at all. Right. It's yeah. it's an intuited plot. Which okay, but like 
I, I was and honestly uh, also Juliet basically does something pretty illegal in that yeah. first one too, or or just clumsy and doofus, which is I mean even more ridiculous to me. But I guess it kind of. You but did, it's you pick your poison, right? Like, more. would you yeah. rather have Juliet do something illegal bumbling. slash bump bumbling like uh, bumpkin, or would you rather have, um, would you rather have Sean be this like, I don't know, like this caricature of himself? Yeah, I I know that they were doing that just to, to like basically like na- like nose check how ridiculous it is that they're like you know at this point married in real and life. I'm, like obviously it wasn't canon too because once you get to the end where everyone's applauding it's like yeah I, I honestly to this day I'm still surprised it didn't just end up being a dream which actually would have been terrible if it had ended up being a dream but yeah. Uh, all right, so let's just like rip apart the plot in a second. But okay. I, I think we all kind of we appreciate slash dislike it for various reasons. But I feel like it's at least like I think it's it's a struggle because there's always pretty even like the worst episodes of the show, which I think this is one of. Although you obviously disagree, but or I guess you agree that one of them is the worst episode <laughs> exactly. But um, what's it really? That's that's actually beautiful. It's a really <laughs> accidentally poetic way. But um. <laughs> It's it's uh, mirror images right here. Yeah, um, but so it is. It's kind of to me. It's almost like even the worst parts of the show always have enjoyable parts to it, and that's maybe the the struggle is. It's like you're watching your loved one die by season eight, because I really love this show, and I'm not ashamed of. I mean, I know it's procedurally and it's dumb and it's like popcorn, like you know, candy corn, all that kind of bullshit, but. I, I enjoy the hell out of how absolutely unabashedly goofy it was at mm-hmm. times. And it got to the point where it, it stopped basing that in any kind of real emotion. It got it just made too it cute. It got too cute is what it was. The show is... It in jokey too. At the whole... I, I a, prefer the jokiness, honestly. There's nothing... I don't see anything inherently wrong with the, the, the sort of them taking on a goofy... Like, sort of, like, we don't really take ourselves seriously kind of tone. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. this is a show that had more murders in Santa Barbara per season than actually <laughs> happened in Santa Barbara Santa per Barbara, annum. Yeah. Like, I remember looking it up once because I was doing, I don't remember why I was looking up crime statistics in Santa Barbara, but whatever I was. It's uh-huh. Thursday, you know. <laughs> and I remember. You don't know why. I, I remember learning that um, the average number of murders in Santa Barbara for, like, the 10-year period, like, up to and including the the first half of the show was like eight and they definitely had 14 15 episode seasons easily and then some of them are like multiple murders yes exactly multiple people people die in every single episode but so i i think that this this episode kind of i think even if you don't love later seasons like i don't you could appreciate like it's like a juxtaposition between what it used to be and what it was. Although, what you're saying, Latoya, is also very true. It's not really even what it used to be because it was actually kind of out of character, the original episode. Yeah. But uh, it, I mean, but the, the second one is so... Do you want to, like, kind of go through the plot of the first episode, like the original one? Yeah, we're we going to... talk about the differences and We're going to slam through... How we do it this way? Yeah, we'll just go, like, beat for beat through the main ones and then just kind of do how they both split because that's kind of how it is. It, it's basically... If, if, for those of you not carrying along with what's going on, they literally remade the episode, which is what we said, but in the yeah. sense of it's the same plot, more or less, mm-hmm. but... But they improved new... upon it, because, honestly, the first one is kind of just, like, it's really it straightforward. Drab. It's very, like, very, very simple. And they don't have any, like, that's part of the thing I enjoy about, like, recasting it with, you know, actors we've already seen before on the show that we like, because, like, the original ca- act- actors, besides, obviously, Michael Weston, just, they had 
no. no Are you insulting really. the second lead from J two point oh? How dare you? <laughs> yes. What's her name? Are the I can't even name. Uh, it's uh, Keegan Connor Tracy. She's great yes. on that show, she's, just not on that. She's this. also on Once Upon a Time. She's, uh... Yeah, she plays the Greek the fairy. fairy or something, right? Yeah. Like, I don't remember what mm. she... Like, she's one of the fairy godmothers, but she was yeah. so good on Jake 2.0. She, she was, was so good on Jake 2.0. Oh, my God. That was how I knew she had done it, was because I recognized her from some like, It was, the, it was that, that classic game of, like, like, hey, I recognize that actor. They probably did it. Hey, it's like, guy. I know he in, did in, it. In, it's like... In the remake, they upgrade with Captain Isabel, I must say. Yeah. The, what was Although, it? Oh, yeah, she is the... Yeah, I forgot she was the... Because I was trying to think of who else. And Lindsay Sloan is... I, the original woman who played Lindsay Sloan's character, um, I don't even know if she's... No she idea. Act, so, yeah, she's just, just like a random actress. Think, think of a brown-haired lady that could be a teacher. There you go. It's like if Flora Benanti had no personality. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> I'm not even... The darkest timeline, Laura Benanti. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh. Like a, she's like a streak of, like, kindergarten teacher, basically. But, um, so... I mean, isn't that so what they, she is? Like, she's... That's, like, her I actual think, job well, in, the, in the play? I think she's a, she's a kindergarten teacher in the second one, but no, in the first one, she's a fourth grade teacher. I think she actually was... Oh, yeah, she was a teacher, definitely, in the first one, right? Because that was the yeah. thing with the first one. I was just so kind of bored. I, like... I didn't know what the, what was happening. I don't know why a teacher was at the weather station or whatever. She was, it was banging just, Jackson Hale. Yes, it's still Jackson, Jackson Hale. Hale yes, always Jackson Hale. Always boning in front of the weather prompter every time. <laughs> but so, so basically, the plot of both of them is um, Jackson Hale. Um, I, I guess this is supposed to be a joke of the actual. I don't. I'm not from Los Angeles area, but there's a there's a person it's based on. Isn't Johnny Mountain or something? <laughs> I just think in general, it's the whole weather men with right. cheesy weatherman names. So it's it's a guy like that. Basically, he's our Glenn Schwartz. I don't know what the equivalent is out there. Um, he's just like this like smarmy, not really. Like, I wouldn't what you consider. It's like be. if Sandy Rivers from How I Met Your Mother was a weatherman. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, and he's and he's certainly like. It seems to be well enough. I mean, he seems like obviously a womanizer, but like for the most part, he's just sleazy. He's not like a bad, bad guy. But he gets killed basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have on video. Well, later on, we find out they have on video. Um, uh, Sandra him Panish, fucking and getting killed. Him getting stabbed allegedly by this this uh, school teacher, and she's just like, I didn't do it. It was a one night stand. I made a momentary like lapse of judgment, but I didn't kill the dude. And Sean, of course, just takes on the case because Sean is. Both in both both storylines, always a uh, simpering well, puppy. To well, this is because he, he he sees the lawyer played by Michael Weston with terrible hair, terrible hair in the first one, and not even that great in the second one, to be honest. Well, I mean, the second one, it's just like his his hair basically. They yeah. didn't even, I was like, th- that was lazy. I thought, yeah, like, he didn't really. He just looks like Michael Weston. He, he's yeah, not he even really just, acting. He's barely he's, in the second one too. Yeah, he's much he was more heavily just, featured. In the yeah, first one. like twitchy Michael Weston as opposed to like. The first one, he was a complete mess. I think I like the first one a lot because of Michael Weston. I think it's his acting that I yes. enjoy the most out of the first episode, and I enjoy. And I, obviously, the, the stuff with Gus is much better in the first episode, whether it you make, like it or not. It but. makes it okay that there aren't that many dynamic characters in the episode because Michael Weston, like, he, he does he all helps the work. Pick up the slack, exactly. Because normally Lassiter and Juliet will be doing all that stuff, or at least like, mm-hmm. like you know, maybe Chief. But um, so so anyway, so in the, in that first episode. They, they go on the case, they they see her basically having a terrible lawyer, they try and intervene, because 
that's what they fucking do. <laughs> and they they weasel their way into the case as consultants, lawyer consultants. So it becomes pretty much just like Sean and Gus go to court, pretty much. And they are more or less doing their best and worst night court impersonations of everybody. <laughs> and they're like hamming it up. It's just them basically being their obnoxious selves in a courtroom. I enjoy it in its own entirety, but I think... The second one leans a lot heavier onto the courtroom aspect. The first one feels a lot more like there's just like very, there's just simple courtroom scenes. Whereas the second one, it's like almost entirely in the courtroom. Because there's, there's really nothing interesting that much about the courtroom scenes in the first one. No. And besides the fact so that Michael Weston at one point like eye fucks the juror. What was that about? Like he was eye fucking that woman. <laughs> Seriously. Well, and the was... one woman. Oh god. It's okay. The reason why he gets into this. Like he, Sean is allowed to become a consultant, is because he gives him fashion advice. Mm-hmm. He notices that one of the drawers is like a fashion maven, is what he calls it. Which mm-hmm. I was like, no. Um, <laughs> but she like didn't like the way that you know Michael Weston's like. Again, this isn't Michael Weston uh, lead <laughs> lead character on Bird Notice. Michael, Michael Weston. <laughs> I love the idea of that, but <laughs> he's not Jeff Donovan. This is the actor Michael no. Weston. He does not sharpen his teeth every morning, but so either way, he's like dabbing. He's been dabbing his like uh head forehead with like the the cloth that's in his pocket. So he's just like his a pocket slug. square, his handkerchief. General, How many like, words yeah. can I offer here? I know, right? <laughs> but Michael Weston, the character, basically is a schlub. Hornstock. Adam. It's Adam Hornstock or something. It's something. It's Hornstock. uh. It is yeah. Adam Hornstock. Adam Hornstock. So he is the, like, schlubby lawyer who's a nice guy, just way in over his head. He's trying to make it into a company, or his law firm, which is all his family, who is just better than him, apparently. And, of course, Sean relates to that because the episode, of course, opens with his dad yeah. teaching him how to do law as a child. And the because first it's... one is the kid's still young, and the second one he's an infant. <laughs> but, well, yeah. in season one, like... Because of season one, they hit the father issues really hard. Well, so I guess that's hard. what the jokes are in the second one are that they're like lampooning that. But like this show, it's 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 weird because they're lampooning the whole like there's a joking wrap up scene which we'll get to, where Henry like slow panned Henry and he like smiled and nods like father approval, and it felt like obviously that was a, a pointed joke like this is how shmarmy and ridiculous this is this is a remake because every remake has a stupid sappy end of courtroom scene mm-hmm. where someone's proud of someone else but <laughs> every, I mean, remake every remake that includes a law scene you know what i'm talking about I'm just say, I, I don't remember that one from the footloose remake <laughs> <laughs> the, dukes of, the dukes of hazard remake as they made fun of which i thought that was a nice touch though nice. yes but so but there'll be like some like extra corny like nod to camera where it's like you know fatherly approval if there's a scene with the father and something like if, there's a, if there's a father in this reading oh, this is like such a specific thing now but anyway so basically there's I'm a romantic and a father like doing re my face and all okay these you know what i'm trying to say oh god no <laughs> there's there's basically a very heavily handed emotional beat to the end of whatever major plot point there is this happens to be courtroom it happens to be the father and the son basically so they I lean like into that like anything I know, but it's so, it's it's especially important though, I think, because it's it's lampooning the whole, like, you know, Henry's finally approving of Sean, mm-hmm. and then they, they cut to, like, them both, like, you know, nodding and stuff, but it's weird because, like, that kind of heavy-handed stuff is not that out of character for the show at this point, because the previous season, he got shot, and there's, like, a whole major, like, Sean's worried about his dad, and there's all these like, emotional beats, so it's like, they're making fun of stuff. But it's still, like, the show's actually kind of on that level, so it's kind of confusing. Also, also, 
Also, if this episode purports to take place in season one, that's before. I'm so angry about this because it, it like it breaks the emotional arc of season one because like so uh, it makes me so angry yeah, because like in, that you guys are considering this way too canon. No, I, well, I, I know, and I know it's not, but like it just it. What frustrates me is that like if you're going to be adamant that it's season one right like you should if if you're going to do the remake and if you're going to be adamant that it's taking place during season one they could have reset it to this year for the record there's no tying it to that time well it's that besides that being the joke honestly i think another scene that would have really helped it 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 was just like it was it turned out instead of it being a dream it was just like sean recounting the story right yeah that would have been better trying to show how cool it is right that would have been way better and that's what to say it was taking place in season one uh it couldn't have just because uh sean was wearing all the plaid that he started wearing like season (laughs) yeah that's right he was wearing polo shirts and shit in the first part wasn't he oh yeah yeah oh yeah he was He wore a pink shirt in the first one that <laughs> Jules was like, no matter what anyone says, I think the pink's a good choice. <laughs> I love, that. that's part of why I love season one so much, is James Ray looked great, and he had Ugh, jeans on and so... polos, and I was here for all of it. Oh, God. But, <laughs> I'm like, sorry. So, so going, sorry, going back to, this is the thing that made me angry, is that in season one, Sean and his dad haven't had their big emotional reconciliation yet. We yes. That happens in, what, season two? When, it happens when Sean's mom comes to the precinct to do the psychological evaluation. I don't remember. It turns out she's the horrible one yeah and it turned well yeah because well specifically it's that sean has lived his entire life assuming that his dad was the one who walked out on their family when the reality of it is his mom told his dad don't come don't come back right and his dad would rather be viewed as the villain and have sean be a happy kid than take away this relationship he has with his mother which is up until that point charming compared to the one he has with his father yeah yeah it's a very very i mean honestly one of the better father-son arcs on usa at least and certainly in in, in, i think it's a lot more sophisticated than a lot of the other emotional beats the show's ever tried for basically but i will say one thing about this episode in the father-son relationship well the remake is that uh i think part of that could be and besides just the fact that because it's kind of using season eight characterization for like a season one episode is the fact that if you want to retroactively go back and be like, hey, Henry was in the right, you kind of can't have him do the thing he did in the first one, which is he was the one that got uh, Sean's bike impounded. Like, but like, that was that totally was part of the course. Cause he, that because he loves, I don't know. I, that's a no, very... that was like, because he, he was really hitting the buttons of like, you represent me. It's like, it was very much uh, all about him situation. But, oh, see, I thought that was so telegraphed. I thought he was just upset at him because he got in a car accident. Yeah, I thought that was really clear that, like, Henry was upset because, ago. yeah, that Sean had gone to a car accident recently and Henry's not good at expressing his emotions. And and he had the cast at one point. Yeah, and, what, like... what episode that was. Right, the like, they have the argument in the kitchen and I thought, like, we as the audience and, and I thought Sean got it, too, which was that Henry is worried about Sean dying the next time he rode that fucking bike and got himself hurt. But he was still going to get him the bike back it's actually it was just the whole thing eventually it's of course the service you know that lassie is actually not a huge asshole because he's the one who gets the bike yeah yeah and he was still gonna get it too so it's like they're both just good people pretending to, it, well, that Lassiter, was just kind of an unsophisticated but beat. well like, lassiter gets the bike back because sean gets the 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 defendant um her 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 not guilty verdict or the dismissal of the case like lassiter wanted the da to do Mm-hmm. Right, like Lassiter didn't think she did it, and wasn't, and was trying to tell the DA to calm the fuck down. Like I thought, mm-hmm. those were all the emotional beats between Henry and and Lassiter there. 
Yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying that, but just if you're going to like try to quote unquote remake this, the last thing you want to do is go back to Henry, where because obviously they're not going to focus on like the aftermath. But the bike becomes completely second to the plot anyway. If you just have all of a sudden Henry's like, "Hey, I had your bike impounded," that's definitely going to just turn everything around. Yeah. It does. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. So totally... But the bike is definitely a MacGuffin. Like the mm-hmm. bike doesn't fucking matter. Not in the remake. Not in the remake. In the original, it does because that's the emotional resonance of of the whole Sean and and Henry moment where it's just like, oh, Dad, you care too much about me. Let me fucking live my life. Which is the entire relationship between Sean and Henry, like from the beginning to end. And for a long time, it was also because he just didn't know his mother was secretly the one that ended things. So I don't know. I think that's. It's a it's a struggle because that's a, that's a it, it's also we're saying like, this plot like it's a major plot which it, it kind of is it's a pretty major like thread through the episode it's the, but it's, it's still basically is the impetus of the whole episode it is it's where they first see the you know the the woman at the law in the court but um it, it, it's also kind of very very sidestepped of the whole episode the same with the last plot which is, I think it's a major subplot for sure, and it keeps getting teased out, but it's not like, there's so much else going on, it is also very, very much in the back seat compared to everything else happening, because the, the courtroom scenes are intensely, like, they're really and ridiculous, but they're, they're the also plain. Honestly, I feel like it is a problem with a lot of season one is that, just like the courtroom scenes in the first one, they seem very dry, not as funny. Like, it there is, are... I kind of prefer that, but I, I know what you're I talking mean, about. I would put, like, seasons two and season three as the sweet spot of the show. Yeah. So it's, like, not too much. And obviously... And I, th- I think the last part of season one, it would go into that, too. Mm-hmm. Or no, yeah. you don't like that. I like the last couple episodes of season one, and then boom, right into season yeah. two. It's perfect. Let's see. what I, Let's see. I'm going to look and see what I would say are my favorite episodes of season one. I mean, is is my... Is my, my favorite episode of the show is probably Yang 2. Mine is American Duos. That's really early on. I love... I don't know. I love a lot of episodes. I think Last Season of the Bad Bad Thing is one of my favorites. That's so good. And then... um, I'd say, like, definitely American Duos, Black and Tan. A Crime of Fashion. Yeah. Black and Tan is great. And Um, uh, Murder Anyone, Bueller Bueller, I'd say. Yeah. And I like... I like... um, I think there's another one I'm trying to think of that's older, but I'm trying to think of which one it was exactly. But it's it's definitely one of those shows where I have a lot of like points that I love about it. But there's also every even like in the best seasons, which are seasons two and three probably, there are definitely like to me low points. Like I didn't love a whole lot of season three towards the end, but I still really enjoy it in retrospect. Like at the time I was watching it, I'm like, oh, this is getting a little bit too. Like, um, oh. like, it's very, yeah. very, very, like... Season 3 does kind of, like... I think or it kind of winds down, it. and then you get the Yang stuff. And that's that's like, when it oh. really becomes... Yeah, I think Season 2 is honestly probably the closest the show had to a perfect season. Agreed. Alright, so... Oh, man, Tuesday the 17th. Sorry, I just had that moment. That's what it is. Moment. Which one is it? I'm trying to look for that. Where is that? Okay, uh, that's the penultimate three. episode of Season 3, yeah. That's my favorite episode, I think. Or it's up there, for sure. That's one that's of, the, absolutely that's one of my favorites. Friday the 13th. Uh, remake. That, and that episode is so great on every side. Like, you've got that great camp story, and you've got the great, like, divorce B-plot. Ah. And I still love, there's, okay, not to get too much on a tangent, but one of my favorite lines from any show ever is, I hired a psycho for my murder camp. <laughs> it's so good. Sorry. It's just, 
it's so well delivered too. I'm sorry, I enjoyed the hell out of that show, that episode. Um, so, um, but so those are those are like where we're kind of at. So yeah, I think that the, I mean to to kind of go through, we'll we'll do like a quick run through. Yeah. We don't have to go as intricate as we normally do with the plot because they're so repetitive. I mean, in many of the I senses. guess really for the first one, all we can say we can talk about real quick just who the murderer ended up being, and I just want to talk real quickly about. Gus's uh, pre 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 law plot. No, oh my god, I was definitely much better in the first one. And yes, I was really... thank you, Lucy. I'm yes, like, Lucy, I don't you. want to fight you over yes. that. <laughs> that that bummed me out. Although Gus did have some greatness in the second one. I mean, there's just something beautiful about seeing Dule Hill doing a Sorkin rant on Psych. Like, and I... there's so many, there's so many levels to that. And I like that the judge appreciated him, like for his like law acumen. In both versions, although I think I liked how I agree with you. I think it was yeah, done. Better yeah, I'm talking in the about first the first one. one yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like where did where did you study law? It's like sixth grade. It was an accelerated program. And they're just like, alrighty then. <laughs> and uh, in this one, the killer ended up being. Uh, it was the PA. It was Jake 2.0 girl, Jake right? 2.0. Keegan Connor Tracy. Yes. Um. But so so she's we'll just call her Jake 2.0. I don't care. <laughs> Her name is definitely Keegan Sorry, Connor Tracy. So, so Keegan Connor. So you mean it's Jake 2.0? I'm never gonna remember Keegan Connor. She Tracy. wasn't. She wasn't even Jake. You guys. She was the doctor. Like, come Dr. on. 2.0. Christopher Gordon was Christopher the Gorham Jake. Was. I know. I watched Jake you know, 2.0. You know. How dare you assume I haven't seen Jake 2.0? How dare I assume anything? But still, how dare you? I am incredibly. So Doctor 2.0. I am incredibly invested in the, you know, all things Jake I'm 2.0. I'm so angry that, like, I, I, okay, I love you for having seen that. I'm so angry that, like, no one else I have ever met on the internet seems um, to have ever watched well, that show. Well, fuck everybody else you've ever met on the internet, <laughs> to be honest. And I'm not disagreeing. I'm pretty embarrassed that most of them um, aren't avidly following most of, I mean, the main cast's careers from this point forward, because, I mean, isn't, like, Matt Zucre on that show, too? I'm trying to think of other people who were on that. I was like, oh, my God, I used to watch that show obsessively. Let's, let's I think start our, I, our side I think, podcast. I think I stood on a... I'm pretty sure I stood on the sixth train ne- next to Matt Zucre the other day. Mm. So, Matt Zucre was in one episode of Jake 2.0. Bless. Tyler Labine was in two. Emmanuel Shrieky, she was in one. It's a great show. Let's see, who else has been... Ling was in yeah, an episode. Classic episode. I guess we have to do that episode of Jake 2.0. Yeah, by, that Byling episode is the worst episode of that show. That's just like any biling episode of anything ever. If you guys do, the, t- if you guys ever do Jake two point I a hundred percent demand oh, to be man. there. All right, well we will. But in the meantime, Lee Thompson Young was in an episode. Rip. Rest in peace, Aww. Carly Poe. Lee Thompson Young. Jen Lee Jackson. Thompson Young. Oh, I loved him. And his episode was really good too. I fucking love that. So we can't be watching that one. Lee Thompson Young. Anytime he did anything, he elevated the program he was on. He did like a five episode guest in on Smallville in the middle of Smallville's like low period, which is like four seasons long. And and Lee Thompson Young's like guest spot as Cyborg is the brightest part of that season. Uh, except for his introduction episode is terrible because it's just a c- bunch of comparisons to Clark and Lana. Mm-hmm. See, now you got me talking about Okay, Smallville. so Dr. 2.0 is the murderer. Um, so she... she <laughs> Because she wasn't It was loved. not a great story. Also because she was the only recognizable guest actor yeah, at the time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, and, um, yeah, it was like that time I saw Jim Beaver on 
on fucking Bones oh, or something. I was like, it's but him. But she's also real. I mean, it's a weird performance. Everyone gives these weird performances, which is kind of part and parcel of that show, especially during the first season. But, like, she gives, yeah. like, a uh, fatal attraction level performance where she just goes off into this insane, oh, yeah. like, she has a moment where she yeah, just she does. at one point is so livid with rage at the memory of how terrible he treated her that she is screaming out into an open courtroom that, yes, I stabbed him right in his, basically right in his fucking heart. It's insane. It's not the kind of thing you'd ever get. Beautiful. It would have easily been, been considered, I think, leading the witness, but who cares? No one cares on this show. Oh, no. If you want leading the witness, now we can talk oh about Oh, my God. Episode. I had so many issues. Uh. And when, the, the worst part is when Ray Weiss is like, uh, no, uh, I'll allow it. It's like, no, that's intense leading. <laughs> Everything about that. I mean, that's also okay so let's get into the so the first episode wraps her she murders him um uh everyone's kind of just like oh and then Sandra Panish goes away everything's great um Sean and Gus are heroes uh Lassiter unimpounds his bike after his father was in an attempt to buy it back in an auction and then uh, that story wraps up happy day whatever Cornstock is now a named partner I guess along with the rest of his family sisters Beater. Nepotism. <laughs> Nepotism is the one. You win one fucking case and you get a name that felt partner. Very, very. Either in both episodes, it felt very, very, very telegraphed. But I don't understand that. <laughs> but so, so he was apparently one case away from being both uh, the worst lawyer ever and then the best lawyer ever. But this is what did it. So, um, so anyway, or at least the best lawyer at that firm. Oh, oh god. Um. So, so the second episode, instead of Sean being a child, he's a baby because that kid is now too old to play child. Um, Leo! And it's basically, yeah, that kid moved on to the killing cause because puberty. puberty. Well, didn't didn't he do that Steve that Steve Carell? Uh, oh God, the the movie that yeah, the, the, the dean from Community wrote. The way way back, the way way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, Liam James is in that, isn't he? Yes. Oh, weird. Yeah. I can't even picture. I don't want to ever see him. I feel like that person exists only as memory flashbacks of Sean Smith. What was it? The, I'm looking at I him. Love that I'm Steve... looking at him now. He's growing up. No, now. I don't want to hear that. Get out of here. You like Give me your fucking list, Latoya. I don't want this. Shit. Uh, <laughs> oh God. I love that Steve Franks was like, "Oh, we're so glad he he's not going through puberty yet." Over and over and over. And I was he like, did, "Guys, he was, he's like 16. He was very young for <laughs> then, a very long time." Uh, and then they had replacement kids on, and he was. And they had oh, replacement. Every Every month replacement uh, Gus yeah. kid because the Gus kids were aging <laughs> up immediately. God, that's the worst was that like I-, I couldn't tell if it was an intentional joke or if they legitimately could not find a black kid to stick around. I don't like, know. I was genuinely I, it was like a new kid. I swear to God, it was like every episode there was a Gus in. I swear. I'm not even exaggerating. I feel like maybe he's in like like four episodes and then the next one's in like five episodes it's just there's like eight gusses and there's like two sean's i think and then there was also the terrible episode where sean plays or renee plays a young sean which with long hair and then uh, they're like, and they're like <laughs> that's yang too oh it's the worst that's one of the worst scenes i i love that episode but it's it's like revolting in terms of right, liking well, that flashback is the worst but it's the a lady boner killer great. basically uh, According to works. Wikipedia, there were only two young Whoa, Gusses. Really? I, I don't believe that I don't at all. Her, but I mean, maybe there was one for season one and then one for season two I on. Guess. Well, then that means that the, the Gusses were just aging rapidly, and then we just look different. Each time. <laughs> 
So we're the real racist. Well, Liam James also <laughs> yep. Liam James also the started aging racist. rapidly too, and I remember that being kind of weird because it, he still looked close. Yeah, enough, it got but... to a point where it's like he was staying around yeah. too so long. So I think that maybe the, the Gus's they switched off at a time where you weren't even sure it was the same Liam, and they did try and bring in another kid, but I think they brought him back or something because they brought in a, a kid. They did a super old flashback, and they're like, "Ooh, this is terrible. Let's go back to Liam." And yeah, there were like. So, Four kids who played But in Sean. this, they were like, fuck all of that. We'll uh. just throw a baby in the mix. <laughs> and there's an Jesus infant. Christ. Yeah, Liam. Young, young Sean was USA's hair. Yes, it like, was. There was, like, a pilot Young Sean in episode two Young Sean. Then it was Liam for the rest of season one through yeah. season five. Then it was that terrible kid for the rest yeah. of the show. Yeah, this is this is definitely USA's Hey Arnold. Yeah. Like, Arnold is voiced <laughs> by so many different people. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, so anyway, so the show, now they're, they're showing Sean as a baby instead of as a child in, in this uh, opening mm-hmm. courtroom scene. And it's basically the same the stuff, The GPS though. is new. Ha ha ha, GPS. Uh, motorcycle's still impounded in this one. Um, there's a lot of remake jokes, just in general. Yeah. And yeah, make the Dukes of Hazzard run. Doesn't clamshell with an antenna? Yeah, and he's like, this is like cool new phone or whatever. And it's like, it's got GPS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> but the GPS, of course, doesn't no, work. No, because the GPS yeah. is new. Because it's 2006. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah. They said it in 2006. For the, that's when the show originally. So that's when the first episode aired. Um, Lindsay yeah. Sloan is now playing. Bird Bones is playing the um, uh, Sandra Panage. She's still Sandra Panage, but she's just a, a so, kindergarten upgrade. teacher instead of a fourth grade teacher. She's now made into like this crazy version of the the uh, original. Which I mean, not too bad, but like she's a very heightened. She's not. She's not crazy. She just has a personality. Yeah, exactly. But she's a heightened. That's, a, that's the only difference. She has a yes. personality. And she's a much more maternal. Although in the first one she's vaguely maternal because she like picks up trash, uh, which is like why is this like made to be like a, she must be innocent she doesn't litter but that's, Sean is like nope she's not <laughs> yeah that, that's a, that was the one quality she yes has. it really was and then he just takes on the case based on like yeah. I don't believe litterers uh, non litterers would murder people. <laughs> She was receptive to, like, Gus's Gusness, so that actually should have proven she was the murderer. Excuse me? <laughs> Am I a murderer? I'm a murderer. <laughs> You've watched the show, you know. Mora. Um, so, so the, the, fire, the Firefly villain is a news anchor in this as well. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of other people it's that show same. up that are like, and then, of course, we were mentioning all the other people that show up at one point, Alan Ruck and everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I always think of his Firefly villain. I don't know what his name is. He's a great character actor, but I always just think Firefly. Wait, oh, uh, Carlos Jacot. Yes, Carlos Jacot. So he plays like the the smarmy again. We brought up uh, mm-hmm. Sandy Rivers before, right? That's basically the same mm-hmm. plot. So yeah, but here we have instead of because it was just the news in the first one. Here it's like a morning show. Yes, and Carlos Jacot and Janet Varney are husband and wife, and they host the morning show. Yes, and they're great. They're they're like yeah, that's a, like completely brand new thing, and honestly. The- it's really good. It could have been its own episode, just with that, honestly. It could. That's one of the things like, that I would say works about this. It could have just been its own separate episode about this whole uh, morning show crime. Yes. And so, uh, I guess, I mean, there's a lot of things here that are basically the same, but just different. I will say that it's also really awkward to watch these back-to-back, because I was like, oh my god, James Ruday is so much older. He, he aged <laughs> so rapidly. 
and I mean, it's not really rapidly when it's like it's been ten years, eight like years. Or eight years, whatever. But still, yeah. I mean, the difference is that I think that uh, both Julie Hill and then Lassiter and O'Hara all look amazing. So it just is like, oh, I'm like I think Juliet essentially I, looks a lot better in later seasons than she does in the beginning. She looks. I great. think about Plain. this episode I, <laughs> that amused me is that for Lassiter, they color his hair black. So he's back then, 2006. It's, it's yeah, yes. Yeah, he was gray here, and they gave uh, Juliet extensions because. She, she had already really like, cut off her hair yeah. at this point, yeah. And, but they still look so much better than they did mm. in the first... If you watch <laughs> the first episode, I'm like, they actually both have aged much better. Although he was already, you know, semi, like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about all types of terrible beef jokes, but... Um, so he... <laughs> no, let's make all of them. What? No, thank you. <laughs> Listen, uh, I have a gaucho here too, girl. We could do this. Yes. Um, so, uh, the, the, also, I had a weird thing with the lighting in this episode. I feel like it was not as good as the first episode. I don't know if that's, like, a budget thing. I don't... Well, it probably is. Just remind me. That That's one thing I will say, uh, as I was saying about how it's very much, like, a season eight episode. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the amount of, you know, establishing shots and quick cuts and zoom-ins. Like, that's that was the show at this point. Mm-hmm. And you weren't getting any of that in the first one. It was, it was slightly disconcerting because it was just so glitzy. Yeah, and especially going from one <laughs> to the other, it's, like... Like, literally whiplash. Because it's not it, even, it like, def- it's, like, a later season. It's, like, the last season. So it's very... It could have been... Honestly, it could, you could have watched the first episode and, like, watched any episode, like, from a later season, I guess. But just because you were, it was, like, these two back-to-back, it's, like, even more comparisons. But, yeah, the show, yeah. drastic change. Just yeah, the style definitely. of it. And so, so in this episode, um, it is the same basic plot. Sandra Panage is accused of murdering Jackson Hale. Um... Although this is now reported on newer graphics for the news, because it's, even though this is be a, uh, you know more or less a remake, the news can't look that bad anymore because the first one looked awful. It was like a PowerPoint. That was just that was that was just like local news. Right. This is like this is a morning talk show, mm-hmm. so that it was gets, a little more. Well, yeah, it was a little more money. And so now Ray Wise, who is also. Which is, I had a, I struggle with this. I know that you liked it, Latoya, and I get that this was meant to be a joke, with the whole point of it, because obviously they wouldn't just bring him back for no reason. I just, I love Scary Sherry so much, it's hard for me to take Ray Wise seriously as a judge now, because he was- Were you supposed to take him seriously? No, of course not, but, like, he's the priest in this universe, so it made me, like, a little, like, Jesus, this- I know that they're doing this on purpose, it's all, like, you know, like, <coughs> winking the camera kind of thing, but I had a hard time with that, because I just- it just felt very dumb to me, but I get it. I understand the point of it. I just didn't enjoy that part. But it's Ray Wise stunt casted as the uh, the judge. Is it really stunt casting when they just pe- use people they'd already cast before? I'm guessing it's supposed to be like a huge because he was like a real fan favorite, I think, from the first season, and he'd been back before, I think. Yeah. So I think they just brought him back. It's like not even like just it made me. It was very exhausting because I'm just like. They didn't, it's not even, like, somebody who was only in one other episode. It's, like, they brought in somebody who's, like, repeatedly played the the, the same dude in, in a different role. It just made me annoyed. Anyway, and then Ross, Ralph, of course, Ralph Macchio is the defense attorney. Is maybe one of the highlights of the episode as well. I think he's insane. <laughs> I don't know why I enjoyed him, but I just, I, I do. Wait, no, do you mean the prosecutor? Yes. Oh, sorry, not defense attorney. Yeah. Prosecutor, it's, correct. It's another thing where they give one of these characters that, from the original, like, they're recast with someone who has a personality. Yes. Because the original prosecutor, who cares? Yeah, although I do recognize that guy. I think he does a lot of character acting, but I know what you're talking about. Like, he's much yeah. less featured. 
Um, and, and Ralph Macchio being Ralph Macchio, there's tons of, like, little jokes to ca- I mean, they're not, like, major jokes, Th- That but- fucking Cousin Vinny joke. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, little things like that that are all throughout the- but we'll get into later on. There's a couple other ones that are ridiculous, but, like, the-, the they come in, of course, they introduce themselves as <laughs> professional bonos, which I found really- dumb but funny um and then uh just just admit you liked it more i mean like it's it's a struggle like i said i like a lot of parts of it but then there are other parts that make me livid so it's like it's not a fully great episode i just there i'm like okay i kind of enjoy it but the rest of it's terrible but um but woody shows up at one point too this is another like i wouldn't it's obviously a stunt casting but it's very in jokey because of course woody being on the show wouldn't make sense at this point because he's only introduced in. I mean, I guess he's supposed to have been there the whole time. In theory, he's all yeah, but he's always been there. It's supposed just to be ridiculous. Him recently. and he's also extra creepy because it's Woody. And um, I did appreciate one one thing that I don't even know I thought was intentional at all is that as soon as he walks into the screen, Kurt Fuller's name shows up. Yes, on the I saw that, like, that too. I thought that, that was great. I was like, That's a great touch. Yeah, and so he he shows up with like a creepy little like porn stash. It's his gross. fucking mustache. It was so <laughs> gross. How you prove it's eight years ago? Yeah. He's wearing, he has a, there should have been more mustaches, even if your character doesn't have mustaches before. <laughs> and there, I have a real weird comment, but I, I enjoyed the hell out of this one little bit, where he there, he says that I ate a brownie, he ate the brownie in my TV dinner first, and one of the jury shakes their head and makes a note of it in their notepad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was great. I don't know. It, it must have been a scripted joke, because that, that, that no, juror I was... I don't think it was. I Because I, I feel like another thing about this episode, and it's just basically post-season one psych, is that they're allowed to riff, because obviously, I feel like most of this was just a lot of riffing. Yes. And that, that's just more enjoyable than, you know, the kind of the standard procedural that you'd get from the original one. Yeah, I think in the earlier seasons, I don't know that they were able to riff as much. I think Rodé did a lot of riffing anyway, because I think that's just how his style is. Because he, I think even at that point, he was. And it helped he was also a writer. like a writer. Exactly. So he was already yeah. kind of in a place of power, more or less, to be able to do that kind of stuff. But. Later on, they let everybody start doing that because they, they were more comfortable with them on set. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that was... Obviously, it was, might have been Kurt Fuller riffing, but I feel like the, the, whoever that juror was, like, kudos to you, Sarah. That was a great, great take. And he, <laughs> But Kurt Fuller, of course, delivers his, like, you know, recap of the night very, very plain. And then we get to the... This is where I think the episode... There are several lulls, like, very, very hard-hitting lulls. All the gross, like, Sean hitting on Juliet stuff was really... I mean, I get it. It's supposed to be funny because... Now they're based, they're both they're both dating for a long time and they're married offset like in, in real life, but it was just like this isn't the same like it's 2006. Sean was never this gross even when he liked Juliet like back then. I kind of think honestly I think he was. I mean like not. I, just, I was never the biggest Sean Juliet fan, but like me either. He was me neither. He was very pushy. He was pushy like, all the time. Don't get me wrong, but like this was like. And Juliet was Maybe it's because he wasn't wearing a pink shirt while doing it. I guess, it. but I think she was actually more into it, too, which is the problem here. Is she always, she always, like, te- like you know, humored him, but she would give him those, like, you know, like, Sean, quit it. But she was kind of, like, smiling. Like, I'm like, no, this isn't, like, this is, no, you hated this at the time. You would be like, Sean. It was never like, oh, Sean. <laughs> it was also, it was also just, like, I don't know. You and I, you and I were talking about this when I came out to visit, but, like, it was, it was... Yes, sometimes it got gross, but when it got gross, like, it got shut down really fast. Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying. And, like, but, like, th- in this case, it like, watching them back to back, like, in the first one, he's, like, he's he's kind of, he's, like, quietly, like, being, like, hey, you're really pretty, and I like you. And she's, like, okay, okay, calm down. <laughs> like, 
And then in the second one, he's like, hey, girl. <laughs> she's like, oh, like, yeah. And then she's like, no, <laughs> this is never how it read. I mean, it, it's a lot to do with the way that their chemistry is now. So you can't go back to the chemistry. Because I think they, they might have been dating prior to that point. I don't even know that they were. But I think they, a lot of they that They started was... dating. The, so so Maggie Lawson 2000... and James Day started dating, like, in the first season's production. Yeah, because they, they, they've been together since 2006, yeah. So this they started right they when stayed, they started they... dating the first one. They basically started dating After in season one. Like, when they met, they just were like, all right, let's do this. And mm-hmm. that happened. And, like, and I mean, I, I kind of love get that. It. They both want to lock that down. I understand. Listen, that's, like, real-life Jim and Pam shit. Fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I don't care. I think it's great. <laughs> True. Real-life Jim and Pam if Jim and Pam were adults. So, um, then they get to the studio, and then mm-hmm. uh, Sean makes a terrible 200 years ago caveman joke, which I don't think he's that dumb, but apparently he is in this. And then we get Bertine Gooster, which is a phonetic spelling of Burton Guster, which... No, it, it's Bertine Gustin because they've used Bertine Gooster before, oh, I, I believe. Okay. So, the news yeah. anchors, you know, introduce him as that, which, again, is probably just them. And he, them, he is pre-pre-pre-law. Pre-law. <laughs> I fucking love that. I will enjoy, they do at least vaguely carry that beat over. It's not as good as it is in the first one, but it's pretty good. Um, and then it, he, in the meantime, while they're being interviewed about the well, case, Sean notices that they're not sharing a room anymore. They're both at different hotel rooms at the Sunset Motel. Which matters he, just yeah, because their entire on-screen personality is super lovey-dovey. Oh, correct. Yeah, know. and even Gus is like, I wish I could have some uh, like a marriage like theirs. And it's like, oh, Sam. Gus. <laughs> Meanwhile, Carlos Jacot's talking about how he's going to air and cart his way around town, or Jim Caviezel his way around uh, town. That uh. was rough. <laughs> And then, so they get a green screen tour the same way they did the first episode, where they just pretty much show them the crime scene, um, and then describe how green screen works. Oh, I miss, I do really enjoy the first episode, we didn't mention it, because these are little beats that kind of get eaten up by the, the bigger plot. But I do love that, bop, 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 and then it's like uh, Dulé Hill saying, like, <laughs> this, this week. They do their Wake Up San Francisco! Yeah. yeah! And then and then he says, like, Gus on the lawns, like, a pharmaceutical representative saved the world. <laughs> just <laughs> like that. It is a great delivery by Dulé Hill. I, that's the one thing I do. Yeah. I miss a little bit more. I, obviously, he still has great moments later yeah, he- on, but I think early earlier Psych had a lot more mm-hmm. Dulé Hill heavy stuff. It got mm-hmm. a lot more James Rodais and... and Juliet and Sean specific. I was I missed the Sean and Gus stuff, which I mean, there's still tons of it. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, there's, there's, there's a lot of I see there's a lot of like Sean and Gus, Gus there stuff. There was more Gus in the first episode for sure. I think mm-hmm. Gus kind of took a little bit more of a backseat mm-hmm. because of all the. But other and that's also there. because, like we were saying before, there's like mm-hmm. no Juliet yes. or Lasseter in the first Agreed. one. So. so so and then we in the meantime. Uh, uh, yes, the tour is from the PA who is now Catherine Isabel, who was in Black and Tan. <laughs> Yes, I forgot about that. That's where she's from. So yeah, that, that was that was her episode, and she was fantastic and she there too. Introduces them with a Jericho reference, which is a Timothy <laughs> Omenson joke. For those of you who haven't watched Jericho, <laughs> which uh, she says that she spends her Saturdays eating ice cream with her cat, watching reruns of Jericho on DVR. So, or I guess DVR didn't necessarily exist, so TVO, TVO, or something. Um, and part of me just kind of wishes that her being human U.S. character had been this character. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been as sad, but it, it would have been amusing. Yes. <laughs> so, um, then we get Alan Ruck as Ruben, who's now the the belligerent, rude, the, come up and kind the, of the, the legit uh, meteorologist. Um, but in the meantime, that well, they they put him on the stand. He repeats basically almost verbatim the same lines as the original. 
episode, but he's just doing it in the Alan Ruck way, which I do appreciate because I love Alan Ruck, even though he doesn't look great in this, which mm. is the point, because he used to be this, like, curmudgeonly, mm-hmm. like, gross, like, weather meteorologist guy. Mm-hmm. But, um, so he's now, like, the main suspect based on, they do a yeah. search of his office and find a murder weapon falling from the ceiling. <laughs> crazy. You know, as you do when you're the actual murderer, also, you just leave your Also, if I think about this around. too hard... He has, like, a master's degree in meteorology, and they're having him do human interest pieces. I get his annoyance, to be honest. And he's honest. doing them shittily, yeah. absolutely legitimate in, in, his, in his rage, I think. But, um, so, they find them... I mean, uh, Arthur, you know, the best person doesn't always get the job. I mean, Hornstock's still allowed to work at his law firm that, just because of nepotism. I legitimately don't even care. Like, I mean, I care because as a human being, like, I want the best person <laughs> to do the job. But I also am just like, but in what universe would somebody be like, well, I'm a meteorologist and I have a master's degree in meteorology. And, and somebody goes, great, you'll do a great job covering human interest pieces kind of sad but so and there's also also i feel like honestly what happened especially if you don't have the looks to be a weather he, person he, he did but maybe 20 especially the first one <laughs> the first guy yeah exactly the first guy definitely did not have that, that was uh, better, the looks to be a weather person that part i liked better in the first one I was like i get why this nebbish like angry I, you know <laughs> our news guy is a nebbish weird guy who wears bow tie his name's glenn hurricane schwartz but he still has a look of a he has you have to have like a shtick if you're a weatherman which is the whole mm-hmm. point of the first and, episode where they go in well they mm-hmm. kind of go into it in this one too where he start throwing out all those ridiculous like you know yes and one of them is uh cumulus jacot because carlos jacot who is not? Who's obviously been on the show, but he's also a writer for the oh, show. Right, so, right. so, so they find the murder weapon in that guy's ceiling, and they're like, "Oh, oh. number one suspect." Um, mm-hmm. Henry at this point also shows up somehow, getting into the studio. <laughs> I don't know how that's at all legal or. Po- I mean, I speaking don't- with my maker. So, and then there's also a suits joke, which is just Sean basically saying the plot of suits being, you know, I'm a fake lawyer who just pretended to have a law degree, and I'm, you know, practicing the law. What a great idea for a TV show. Look to camera, um, and then so. I don't recall him looking to camera. I, I, I feel like you're adding that. I think they cut to him, and it's as You often looking. add people looking to camera when they're not looking to camera. The office. Okay, I might be wrong, but if I'm not wrong, I'm going to include a screen cap in the, in the, in the show notes. So I'm not, like, I, I admit that I might be wrong, but I feel like, it's not even like it's a purpose looking like, camera. I think it's cut to him. And they make it, they make so, did they? I was going to say, they make so many references that, like, at this point, they wouldn't even look at the camera because no, that's no, just no. like yeah. I don't want to say he's not. I, I should. I shouldn't say look at the camera. They cut to him, and it's a it's a straight on shot that is as if he is looking into the camera. But I think it's meant to be like a look to camera, basically. I don't know. Sand. But did so, they end up doing? Did they end up using the like then current uh, suits tagline? <laughs> it was what like two guys one two guys one. They did not. Two, like, Maybe in Moira's mind they did. No, in my mind, suits doesn't exist. P.S. Um, can we should we talk about how Suits is like on its like eighth or ninth season? That's not like? true. <laughs> uh, I don't, it, Actually, if we want to talk about USA shows that I can't believe lasted as long as they have, we should one hundred percent talk about Royal Pain. We've no, we've had a pod- we've already, episode already. We're not talking about it again. Never. <laughs> All right. So what was that mediator show with uh, Michael Truco? Oh, that was a uh, fuck. It's and uh, Sarah Shahi and. Je refuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, what was it? <laughs> Je refuse. Just tell me because it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be bothering me the whole time, and then you're gonna have to deal with that. She was in, she was an arbit. I saw every fucking episode. Why am I blanking? It's, it's fairly legal. Fuck you. Bro. Thank fairly you. <laughs> Whoa, well, we legitimately forgot. Oh, okay. I thought you were. Just no, why, why did we do that? 
I don't know. Did, uh, uh, did Satisfaction get a third season? Satisfaction's only had a first season! Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it um, got renewed for a second <laughs> season. All right, so moving on. Oh, that's good. No, but my favorite was always rest- Necessary Rock. Which is I enjoyed that show. a garbage pile of television. <laughs> oh, how dare you. It's so great. It's not. All right. It's really okay, not. It's an on. awful <laughs> show. Save it for the Necessary Roughness episode, guys. God, next you're going to be talking about how great Covert Affairs was. Oh, no, for one episode. Sure. No, that's that show was never good for any episode. The, the pilot. pilot. No, it was, it was not. Fine. All right. Because Anne Dudek, should have, oh Anne Dudek should have been playing the lead role and not the fucking Piper Parabos sister. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Why not? Okay, so they watched this tape of her getting mur- her murdering him in open court, which does not make any sense. But the receptionist is now the suspect at that point because after Ruben dies of a heart attack, they figure he was actually poisoned. He did not kill that him. silver-headed man slut. Ah, and then so he just died. I also love that he's just terrible at the weather, which is also just a great beat, which it didn't go in the first episode but he tries to do the weather and he's just bad at it and everyone like well, boos him well, i don't think i think it was because he was poisoned though oh yeah, he might got have poisoned. been Darn yeah it. Pretty, he I definitely wish... got poisoned and also was it the receptionist or the pa oh pa maybe oh, no i think it was the receptionist what he oh no she was his assistant that's what it okay was. so she because she's at the reception desk when they come mm-hmm. in the first time i don't know I, whatever happens she's just like a random pa assistant person it she was much more suspect. clear. It was much more clear with Keegan Connor Tracy because she has the PA headset. <laughs> yes, and she is clearly a woman of authority. Um, so the she admits to being in love with Woody. I'm, try- I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out woman of authority and PA. How you put those as the same thing? <laughs> if you want to be stepped on, yeah, you're a PA. I know, I know. There was even a joke about that on Supernatural. I know. Dean's like Dean. Uh, Sam's like, what does PA stand for? And Dean's like, I'm not sure, but I think they're slaves. Yep. God. Um, so they, Season they, two, they good times. This, they watch this tape of her of her murdering him on on literal on tape, and <laughs> it's ridiculous. There is a point too where he says, "Why didn't he take an interest in you instead of this other woman with flaming eagles right above their seat cushions?" <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck oh. kind of line is that?" So this is where we're at. Where it's the definition of leading the witness. Yes, he's basically... The definition. He's, he's, he is testifying for And the when Ralph Macchio's, like, objection leading, Rios is like, nope, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> but, you're on, she, but you're on slippery slope, counsel. And then this is, of course, this is where um, Woody testifies, and she literally at one point is so embarrassed by her having to... Some Woody great physicality, she, honestly. She slides down the chair like an actual cartoon character. And then um, she... I don't even know why we're arguing that, like, you know, she saw... Uh, Sandra Panish leave with him. Like we already knew that they are. That's the whole reason she's here. She had that little one. Yeah, the argument's never that they didn't like have sex or anything. That's never the but argument. They make it into that. It was weird. I was like, all right. Well, they were like, da da da. They did hook up. It's like, well, yeah. She <laughs> she admits that here. openly. Yeah. So then, um, so Gus decides to stall, and uh, of course we can't escape Aaron Sorkin at well, any point because the whole thing is because they, a- they have the added thing in the remake that, in addition to his pre 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 law, he also like knows everything about every legal drama possible. So Sean tells him to stall. It's like you are Matthew McConaughey, and this is your time to kill. Which I I appreciate that. And then it basically goes like down the line of every law movie, every law monologue possible, and it's amazing. Every single one, it's amazing. You forget how great an actor. I mean, obviously he's great on the show because he's funny, but you forget how great a dramatic actor Julie Hill is at times because Jesus Christ, even though he's joking, he's so good at delivering both Sorkin dialogue and just dialogue in general. He better be good at Sorkin dialogue. He fucking better be good at Uh, Sorkin dialogue. Arthi, 
the newsroom exists, and the only person who was good at Sorkin dialogue was Olivia fucking Munn. So I literally refuse to believe that. It's the fucking no, truth. She's great on no, that actually, show. Actually, I take that back. I a hundred percent believe that, and I'm like so upset about it. <laughs> no, everyone is. So, <laughs> but Sean now we now, just we uh, accept it. We accept it. Sean now actively <laughs> you catch- do. Oh, God. Sean now has actively caught the killer by looking at the video. He sees the uh, pinky with the, with the ring. Yes. So he knows it's Jakar. You actually see something that's screen. not just circumstantial evidence. You see the actual murderer, basically, instead of just a, a, a shadow. We should, we, should, we should note, like, he wears one of those, like, weird, creepy, invisible man green screen costumes, but the glove rips. That's mm-hmm. why he sees him. Yes, which I found really ridiculous, but okay. I hate um, those in How is life. that ridiculous? Terrifying. How is the amount of murders in Santa Barbara not more ridiculous? Oh, a is. glove Don't ripping, wrong, you think? Just yeah, the concept. Let's just take a second and think about Carlos Jacot in a green screen, like, green man suit. That's a ridiculous image. That's what I'm I mean, to say. I've watched every episode of She Spies, so I am all about Carl Scott <laughs> in ridiculous situations. I get it, I get it. So, so Gus... How many podcasts all... have I talked about just She Spies in general? Now I actually oh, have as a, many as 20. I've talked about Totally Spies. Like, I, now I have an actual reason to talk about She Spies. Yes. And now um, I have a reason to talk about Totally Spies. No, you do not, because um, none of these people are in Totally Spies. And then, uh, going down the list of random uh, guest stars, we have Ed Lover showing up as the baby. Come on, son. Literally says, come on, son, to Gus, which is like, I I did love that, at least. And they didn't even, like, there was no, like, winking to camera for that. Not that there was winking to camera for everything, but, like. Exactly, that's why I say there was no look at the camera thing. They just, like, they just went with everything. Just, like, yeah, just... and this well, this one felt a lot like the the quick pans into Ray Wise when he shows up. It felt a little bit more like da da da. Mm-hmm. For Ed Lover, it's like just a random dude saying "Come on, son." Come on, son. And he doesn't even deliver it like his normal "Come on, son." He just says and, "Come on, and son." And like, Gus, Gus is being dragged out of the courtroom, and he's still just going. And it's pretty great. Tule is great, I and I, I must say, I I admit, I I just love it. Sean shows up. He's like, "Good job, buddy. I'll take it from here." As Sean is as Gus being dragged care that he's getting arrested essentially it'll be fine oh man so then he begins questioning the co-host before only after uh basically declaring his love to juliet which is a little bit ham-fisted because obviously he's at a crush at this point but talking about how they're like destiny and faded from the moment he saw her i'm like all right let's calm down that has not happened at this point (laughs) he just wants to bang her come on well he would say shit like that because he wanted to bang her like i I feel like he always said that kind of stuff this was like literally the from the moment I first I don't know it felt a lot more lovey dovey but I get it it's just to be for people who are like oh look it's like they already love each other and so um so Sean is like you know I'm in love with you and then he notices that in the meantime he starts questioning the um, co-host again and pretty much just notices all the same stuff he was saying before he, he notes all of that to them he cracks immediately <laughs> like again no, why isn't Sean a lawyer in every episode yeah. because he's great at this. And he gets the guy to crack. Of course, again, like the first time, Hornstock just interrupts and continues. Like he, like Sean cracks the egg, but and it's, Hornstock makes the omelet. It's not as amazing um, as when Doctor Two Point like did it because yeah, hers was crazy. It did and, make me kind of wish that Catherine Isabel had been like the killer in this one too, just because I know her breakdown would have been amazing. Yes, and so he thought he thought that his wife's lover was going to be there. Instead, it was actually Hale. He killed Hale instead. Whoops. And then once um, Alan Ruck was on to him, he kills him as well. Mm-hmm. He poisons him. Um, and so he, he cannot... The things you know, we do for love. Also, I cannot... <laughs> no, he, no quoting Game of Thrones during Psych podcast. And he, and he also <laughs> grabs Carlos Jacot's hand and, like, throws it up to show the ring to everyone. I'm like, that feels highly illegal. But I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess you're just allowed to do this. And then, um, uh, so... 
the jury applauds. Everyone applauds. Everyone's <laughs> applauding <laughs> and hugging, and Andy Berman, who wrote and directed the episode, is in the crowd too. I'm like, yeah. good for you, Andy. And I get it, but it's also to me it was like I. This is at least the point where I can appreciate the fact that it was like courtroom sh- like show or courtroom movies want to do that, but they can't be that insane because mm-hmm. they don't just applaud at the end of a case. <laughs> no, this is like a really this is like a really shitty courtroom movie. Pleasantville, um, but it, it just felt very ridiculous. And then at this point, they all just get up and start clapping. And then so, um, it still felt really dumb to me. But anyway, so Henry now like, I, don't I know love you, wait, Pop. He at least nods. <laughs> And he just is like, he's like, he, he walks towards the doors of the courtroom, turns back, and then just like nods. And I'm like, ah, it felt so, I mean, I know that's the point, but it was just like, Jesus, this is so over the top. But I guess that's I, the that, idea. That's the point. I feel like a lot of your yeah. problems, both for you guys, is that you're taking it more seriously and more canon than you should be. I get, I get Especially that, again, also, the first one is not I, that, is not a good episode. No, but I think I, I there were a lot more emotional beats that landed in the first couple seasons that this they seem to kind of throw by the wayside once their main characters are all dating people. They're just like, eh, all right, that that's handled. Let's just move on to just jokes, jokes, jokes. And it's not that I don't like the jokes on the show, but it can get kind of like top heavy if it's all jokes. Like I feel like it was better when they were seated in a little bit more like emotional resonance or like you know stakes. But um, so. He said, and then there's the wrap-up moment where Hornstock asks that junior detective he's so smitten with, um, have you dated her? I'll date her. And then, of course, there's, like, a The whole, kid gets uh-huh. a haircut and thinks he's, like, brand new. Yeah, and then he decides to try and ask her out, and then, of course, Sean's like, wait a minute, no! And then goes running after him. That fucking made me so That's angry. That made me so angry. My wife. Why did it make my you wife. so angry, Arthie? <laughs> I'm sorry? Why did it make you so angry, Arthie? Well, like, not, like, angry, but just, like, it was, like... Oh, just oh, okay. No, okay. I'm, I'm, Where is Juliet's like give me, right to say what she wants in any of that? I'm, it's all just them like passing her I, off. I was I gonna know, say, well, he was going to ask okay. her out and see what happened. Yeah, well, the true. quote I was gonna use that I immediately knew you were gonna make fun of me for was, "I can't make a woman's choice for her." <laughs> oh God. But yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of what he's supposed well, to. Well, no, no. The full what, quote. The full quote is. um what is it? It's like, I can't just, like, not... Something like, I can't have the... I can't make it so the other guy doesn't ask her out just because I'm too stupid to, like, ask her out myself. I can't make a woman's choice for her. But no, and I, was I like, mean, that is bro code, though. Obviously, she, she, obviously she could just say no, and it wouldn't matter, but it, considering he's on the top of the world right now, like, Sean expects that she would say yes, pretty much, and he doesn't want to see this guy who, kind of his friend, I guess be on a but date like, with someone he likes which makes sense like, as a human being he has dated other people in the show and sean didn't like have that and, kind of reaction but they're not sean's friend i just don't really buy hornstock as his new like BFF I, I'm, not, I'm saying that but like especially considering he's like oh yeah we're gonna you know be working cases again in the future supposedly because that was the whole thing so like they would in theory be friends Right. And honestly, compare this to Michael Westing dating another friend's girlfriend, Lisa Cuddy, and uh, oh, Sean handled it much better than House did. <laughs> Sean didn't drive a car into his house. Exactly. Oh, wow, this Holy is dark. Alright, well, I mean, I think we kind of went over Who a did it? of it. I mean, it, it's, this is the kind of show where you're going to either love or hate a lot of it. I loved a, a lot of it, and yeah. then I hated a lot of it, too. Yeah. So I think... 
I think this is just completely subjective. I mean, there's definitely part... I agree with you, Latoya. Mm-hmm. You're right in saying that the first episode is not only not really indicative of the show itself, it's weaker than most of the first season's episodes, but I still feel like the first season's episodes are stronger than the eighth season's episodes to me. That's just my liking of the show. But I like a lot more procedural. If you're not into that, it's going to bring a lot more... God, more. you might as well just watch The Goddamn Mentalist. Well, but there's there's also something there's a difference between watching a show try and find its sea legs and watching a show be like fuck this we're done. Yeah, that's maybe part. I, I think I give it a lot more credit because it is the first season and it's already very very good for. I mean, to me, it's very very good to mm-hmm. me for a show that's just starting out. Whereas some shows start out and they're really really rough and they it takes a lot longer to get their bearings. But I think by like, I mean this is I mean technically it's episode twelve, but I think that like. There are moments in her in the first season where they're a lot better. Like, I think their second episode, like, sixth and seventh, are really good and strong. But they don't really hit their stride until, like, the last two episodes. Especially the last one. I think Scary Sherry kind of sets the tone for the whole show from that point forward. But, um, I don't know. I just, I, th- I can get why you wouldn't love all of it, but I enjoy it. And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the second episode at all. If only because I don't know why it exists. Like, I get I get that there are parts of it that are good. I mean, I explained just, why it existed. They fucking, well, I guess hate it is strong. Like they didn't like the first one. They didn't think yeah, it was indicative of the show at all. The audience vote on this, too. The audience yeah. chose this episode to remake. So I, I, like, I kind of feel like the audience also agrees the first it, one's yeah. not good. Although, I, I went back and did a little research. Most people just wanted mm-hmm. to see more of it. People still like the first episode. So I'm like, I... It's weird to me that they didn't like it. I get it now. But it makes more sense. Do you remember the other episodes that were choices? A much different tone. Yeah, I, th- I think I found the list that had it. Because really I think not. the other ones, I think they were kind of complete episodes. Like American Duos was one of them. I'm like, no. Weekend Warriors. No, that's a perfect episode. Uh, there's something about uh, Mira. There might be Blood Tuesday 17th and even with Yang. Oh, wait. None of those should have been remade. Oh, wait, no, this is just, I like, these were assuming one, but I'm pretty sure American Duos was one of the ones that they wanted to remake. Like, that was one of the choices, which yeah. I think is insane. Well, thank God they ended up with this one, because whether or not you love the first one or not, it's just a lot better to have, you know, it's better to have something not as good remade than it is to have mm-hmm. something very good remade, in my opinion. Although, I wonder if it would have been stronger, because then it would have started out with a really good episode. No. Nah. had a lot stronger... No. No, nah, because you yeah. only have... You don't have a lot of upside. You have a lot of downside, though. That's true. I mean, I was telling you... If this you, had been, like, season six, maybe I would I would disagree, but yeah, you're right. I was telling point, you, though, like, they should have picked, like, whatever they... Like, they may have disliked this episode, but, like, they really should have just picked the weakest episode this season. Like, whichever one had, like, four writers and went through, like, six revisions and, like, never quite made yeah. it. Like, well, I mean, you know I mean, it's a TV show, so of course they had numerous revisions, but none of them had like four writers. Yeah. So this isn't fucking John Doe. <laughs> 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 yes. Oh yeah. That's what I was All bringing right. back well, to. Thank you for okay. joining us. <laughs> they should have remade an episode of John Doe. Why isn't that okay? Well, now we know why this episode sucks. It wasn't a remake of John Doe. Season Can you imagine? God. Season nine of Psych is just a sh- like a remake, an entire remake of John Doe. Show the series pulled that off. It would have been this one, or like maybe maybe you could claim like Community or something would try that. That's such an obscene, like <laughs> stupid idea, but it would have been great. It would have been fucking great. I am now so upset. Right, let's get the plugs then. So what's up with you, Latoya? <laughs> Oh, you can find me on Twitter, at LaFergs. Uh, I would like to plug, again, that John Doe episode that we watched. It's great. Because 
It's the most important thing in the world. Honestly, it is. <laughs> An episode and our podcast about it. Nice. Guess I'll plug Psych. Watch Psych, guys. It's pretty fun. A lot of great references, just in general. So many great, especially 80s references. It's a very good so. food kind of show, too, if you want to mm-hmm. watch a bunch of stuff. It's all on Netflix, and it's always, like, pretty reliable up until, you know, certain episodes I don't love, but I could still watch it. Like, it's like popcorn. It's great. Also, you know, maybe check out The Mentalist. See how you feel about that. God. See that it's not the same show <laughs> as Psych. If you watch Psych, you'll understand all these jokes are, are pointed and on purpose, I promise. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Latoya. Awesome. And what's up with you, Arthi? Um, I'm going to plug my podcast, Back in the Field. We are a Brooklyn Nine-Nine podcast. We're kind of, like, we're kind of sort of in hiatus right now because the show is, eh. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're around, we talk, we're we're debating, pivoting into a Daredevil podcast for the summer. Understandable. (laughs) We'll see. I don't know. So, I mentioned to you before when we were talking about the show in its big general phases, if you like Psych, or if you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you might like either show, because I almost feel like... A lot of what Jake Peralta is is a, a similar type of character type to Sean Spencer, but he's just more competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I like Sean, but like you know, uh, well, more competent in, in a way ways. in, this, <laughs> I, in the I, way I, that he became a detective. Would, the fact that he became a detective that makes him more competent. I, was, I worry about everything else about Jake Peralta. Yeah, I was gonna say was I was gonna Jake say Mom, Jake Peralta is Sean Spencer with an actual vocation. Well, I that's part of my issue with this show. I mentioned mm-hmm. you too, Arthi, is that I wish this show had ended with him becoming a detective. That would have been the logical. I, now after this podcast, I kind of wish Sean had gone and been a lawyer. Oh, yeah. There's an age limit on the police, police academy. academy. That's part of it. But he still might have been under. I don't know. He has friends no. everywhere. He could have had someone look the other way. He was leading witnesses. It would have happened. Okay. Actually, no. He already took the entrance <laughs> exam and stuff. He might have actually qualified to just he be a cop it. and then. Did yeah. So at sixteen, he aced it. He got a perfect yeah. score. So anyway, so if you like this show or you like Brooklyn Nine Nine, you should either give your podcast or show a listen, and then give this episode and show a watch if you like one or the other. For sure, I agree. I I mean, I talked to Carl into watching Psych because of the because of Brooklyn Nine Nine because I kept mentioning it's um it's an Emmy time actually that Jake straight up does the Sean Spencer thing. He points out a bunch of small details around the room. Mm-hmm. And says, this is, this is, this, all of these mm-hmm. little details mean this guy probably blah, If you ever blah, wanted blah. Sean to become a cop, <clears throat> watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> if you ever wanted to, if you ever want to watch Sean be a cop and then end up having to, uh, and then uh, end up act, occasionally getting actually hoist by his own petard, watch nice. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And also lose a lot of basic human functions, <laughs> Sean does that though. Yeah, Let's be real. by the end of this series, Sean's pretty... He's- Sean honestly is healthier, and I'm sure understands sex a lot more than Jake Peralta. <laughs> nah, because they gave up the lie in the finale. I can't okay, talk about well, this. We're doing this in our decompressor. Actually, Latoya's going to be on our podcast next week, so all of you should definitely check out Back in the Field. So stay tuned, guys, for that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Arthi. Uh, oh wait, um, I'm also on Twitter. I'm at Arthi D A A R T H I D. Yay! And then, as always, I am at Mara E on Twitter. Um, the next episode of this show will be The Office, Season 6, Episode 12, Scott's Tots, which is... If, you, if you're not remembering which episode that is, that is the one where Michael promises to pay for the education of 20 kids when they're in, you know, I think third or fourth grade, and then they all graduate and he cannot pay them. It's awful. It's upsetting. <laughs> Um, and in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. You can email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. And then in general, thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks.